the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And you can call in and join the conversation. You can give us a follow at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, a lot going on in the world today. And I thought, you know, something I put online today is today is a good day to pray for your country. And every day is a good day to pray for your country. Every day you should do that. But one of the reasons to do that is, you know, the world is a dangerous place. And that sounds like such a stupid thing to say in some respect. But I I wonder how, I wonder if we don't know that. And I'm taking a look at the different ways that people are responding to the Hamas attack uh, 11 or 12 days ago in Israel and the battle that's going on around that, plus the chaos that we have in government. So, for example, the Republicans can't uh, pick a speaker. Now they're talking about uh, maybe just having a temporary speaker that's going to have constitutional challenges, and the House of Representatives can't do anything. Many of us think that might be good. Maybe uh, (laughs) that's how you deal with the debt. Just shut down the House, that all expenditures start in the House. Uh, The President of the United States, uh, President Biden, will be on television tonight. And he's going to talk about uh, what's happening in Israel and, I guess, Ukraine also. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with, uh, you know, so far his um, approach to the Israel thing. I'm glad he's there. I'm glad for his comments. Um, I'm not sure I agree with uh, sending any money at all other than, you know, the, I would agree with sending humanitarian aid if it's us, like physically giving it out. And we were totally in charge of that. I'm not really happy with uh, giving money to some other organization that typically, and our government admits, typically just sends it to Hamas so they can build more missiles and not feed people. Um, But otherwise, you know, pretty happy with that. Uh, He's going to include Ukraine somehow in this speech, and uh, I I don't know what he's going to say about that or how that's going to go over. But I I figure that's going to make it a little more convoluted. The Democrats are divided on whether or not they support uh, Hamas or not, it seems like. And uh, many of them have had uh, very powerful statements uh, against the terrorist acts that have happened. Some of them have had statements the other way. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, Senator John Fetterman, you know, who he is he's the guy in the uh, shorts and the uh, the hoodie and he had a stroke and a lot of, uh, you know, controversy and interesting things about that guy. But uh, they made him put on a suit and uh, he's made some good comments since he put on a suit. He said today in his, on his Twitter account, innocent Israelis were the victims of a terrorist attack that resulted in the largest loss of Jewish lives since the Holocaust. Now we know the tragedy at Gaza Hospital was not caused by Israel. We talked about that whole mess yesterday. Um, I wanted to take a few minutes today and talk about that, and uh, I'll have some clips here, I think, uh, pretty soon, and and talk about the response and a couple of different things that I've been thinking about. 
the slow response for some people, particularly in our university system, to make claims to make the similar statement as Fetterman has made or a similar statement that um, many people on the left and most people on the right have been able to make. Uh, I shouldn't I got to be careful about left and right, because what we're really seeing is a divide between left and liberal. And I think that matters. I think that matters greatly. And, uh, you know, to watch that, to try to figure out what the the truth might be with different things. And um, when what we're seeing at the college campuses and the lack of outrage from what are some of our major campuses. And, you know, there's an interesting conversation about whether or not campuses are obligated to make any statement about anything or companies or other businesses. And I would agree that the idea, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't have gone down the road where all of these companies and businesses and, and, uh, or in, and campuses feel the need to comment. Uh, however, because they have done that, because that has been the regular no, routine, this, every single little thing that happens, every single little thing that goes viral, every single little microaggression that is detected somehow in uh, social media or on public square or, or serious two- things, you know, serious or not serious things, there's always some kind of university response, you know, condemning Slow whatever terror. thing Student might be construed as um, – oppression or construed as racism or construed as whatever. And some of those things are correct to speak out on uh, many of those things. But some of, but now we have this attack on Jews and their silence. And I think it speaks volumes. How are we doing? Do I have those clips ready or can I go to a Tuesday? There's a little technical note here on the other system. Can I do that? Okay. I can't. We're all oh, they did. <laughs> technical thing here is that we're moving some stuff around technically and uh you know that's that makes it that makes it a little complicated which one you got which numbers are the (laughs) all right um you know what can i get uh sorry that we're doing this right now i'm gonna go to uh i can use the other clips there from the other day right okay all right I'm gonna to go. To, I'm gonna do this. Okay, you can just keep it. Right so sorry about the technical. I would do the jail cell thing for us, but I can't find that either on the system. You ever change the systems at work, kind of during things? That's uh, that's how it's going. All right. Um, I want to talk about this because I think we at are, are at a place where what we're seeing is we're seeing who's who. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we're seeing who's who. And uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, who is the president of the Anti-Defamation League, I want to be clear, he is very liberal on things and um, politically. And in fact, in a speech in New York last weekend where he was obviously condemning the Hamas attack and condemning Hamas and all of those things, he encouraged people who were listening to remain true to the uh, left-wing ideologies, though, elsewhere in the Democratic Party. So I, that's the place where he's coming from, okay? Um, but he is making these statements that I think are, are resonating. The massacre that occurred last weekend, some 1,400 Israelis burned and butchered and bludgeoned to death. Those that were in shop were seized as hostages. It is a horrific situation and a clear case of good versus evil. And what you're seeing at Harvard at the University of Pennsylvania, at NYU and other universities. It's finally a reckoning with the sort of moral relativism that has descended upon these institutions of higher learning. This moral relativism that has descended on these institutions of higher learning. This is not something that happened all of a sudden. 
this is something that has been going on for a long time. In fact, it's a generation of people who have come to certain beliefs about things who are now teaching the next generation. All right, this has been something that has been in the water for a very, very long time. And it is very significant. In an article in uh, New York Magazine, um, and it's called We All Live on Campus Now, and it's pointing out the idea that all of us are affected by what has been been taught on campuses, and it's affecting the world today. Um, the author wrote this, when elite universities shift their entire worldview away from liberal education, as we have long noted, toward the imperatives of the identity-based social justice movement, the broader culture is in danger of drifting away from liberal democracy as well. If elites believe that the core truth of our society is a system of interlocking and oppressive power structures based around immutable characteristics like race or sex or sexual orientation, then sooner rather than later, this will be reflected in our culture at large. What matters most of all in these colleges, your membership in a group that is embedded in a hierarchy of oppression will soon enough be what matters in the society as a whole. That's where we are today. Where we are today is that what matters in society as a whole is not what is moral or what is just or what is correct or what is, what is true. The only thing that is being taught, and this is a New York Magazine is left wing, okay? If you read this whole article, there's some good stuff in it. There's an entire section where the author has the obligatory uh, paragraph or two to make sure that you know he hates Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with the article, actually, but that's just something that happens, you know, in the left-wing thing. It's like, I don't want you to—I'm going to say something that goes against some of my friends on the left, but I don't want you to think that I might support Donald Trump. So they always put that in there. Um, But there are some very good comments in there, including this one. If the elites believe that the core truth of our society is a system of interlocking and oppressive power structures, which is what is being taught, if you're wondering why we have generations of people who are— chanting in favor of Hamas, whether they realize that when they say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, what that means, by the way, is kill all the Jews and destroy Israel. That's what it means. When Hamas chants that, that's what they are saying. It's right there in their charter. It is not ambiguous. That's what it means. When you hear that in Afghanistan, when you hear that in Iran, when you hear that in other places, that chant is not about Palestinian families who need a better living arrangement. That chant is about murdering Jews and destroying the state of Israel. That's what it is. And the reason that you're seeing academics and supposedly smart people chanting that, and a whole generation of chanting that, is because we live in a place where the structures of our society are no longer around truth or or merit or any sort of objectivity or anything else. It all has to do with whatever has been determined as your level of being oppressed or oppressor. And the problem is, is that even the oppressed become the oppressor as soon as there is some other group that is more oppressed than you. Well, everybody then becomes the oppressor and you go from a place where you are loved to a place that you are hated. And at the end of the day, if uh, the elite have decided that the Palestinians are more oppressed than Jews, then uh, the Jews are the bad guy no matter what, and what ultimately gets decided here is that they deserved what happened to them. The raping of women, the kidnapping of all of these people, the murder of old folks and babies and all of this, and the tens of thousands of rockets indiscriminately shot over there. Even though for 15 years 
the uh, Gaza Strip has been under self-rule by the Hamas group, who takes all the money, the billions of dollars that have been given to them by the United States and the UN and other international uh, organizations and and countries, and they take all of that, and instead of building a government, instead of building infrastructure to run a society, to run a state, a, a potential future Palestinian state, They use it to fund weapons, to dig tunnels that are used for terrorism and terrorist attacks, and they do it all to support the – and this is what they say, right? This isn't Pastor Scott saying this. This isn't uh, some other group saying – this is what they say about themselves. This is what we're doing with the money. Uh, They do this to finance and work their Islamic Jihad. That's what they're doing. And – you know, to to deny that, by the way, is just to deny what is true. That doesn't excuse, by the way, every way that Israel or other places have responded at different times. You know, there's a lot of conversation that needs to happen, and it isn't to say that there aren't people suffering. It's a very interesting thing to get into every single issue related to people living in Gaza or the West Bank and to study that, which I think most of us don't really know, right? I think we've been told one thing or another, and we sort of buy into it. And that's why a lot of young people are, are there in this, is they buy into what they have been told. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Jonathan Greenblatt uh, continued with this, talking about universities. Yeah. Well, university presidents who seem so quick to jump on every perceived microaggression or every, you know, ill-considered statement on other issues in the face of evil have dithered, have equivocated. And I was talking to someone just a few minutes ago. Think about this, Brian. It's been nine days since we had the worst terrorist massacre since 9-11. Why are these university presidents failing to find their moral compass? And uh, that is still the case. So it's been actually 11 days now. So he said that a couple of days ago. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it is, it is a very serious, serious question. And I think the big piece is when you can speak out about just about anything else, but suddenly you can't speak out about a terrorist attack of this nature, it says something. It says something, I think, very, very clear. And people are finding that to be... Um, very, very real, uh, a very, very real problem. Um, There is a professor at Columbia who is Israeli who put out a a very long statement today, and I want to play parts of it because I think you hear what his... uh, what his frustrations are. Here's how he begins. Everyone, please take out your phones because I want this message to get to every parent who sent their kids to Columbia University and trusted their kids and their children's safety with us. I want this message to get to every parent in America who sent their kids to NYU, to Harvard, to Stanford, to Berkeley. And I want you to know one thing. We cannot protect your child. So now he's going to start talking about the dangers that Jewish students and others have felt on campus when there are marches of thousands of students who are making chants, whether they believe it or not, that are upholding terrorism, really seriously doing that. 
you know, and if you disagree, you can give us a call. But I wonder, I'm going to ask you if you've looked into it. Have you looked into where exactly uh, some of these claims are derived from? Have you really looked into the history of Israel, both the history in the last uh, 100, 150 years or the history uh, going back as far back as you can go in history? Have you really looked at that? There was this conversation that I was hearing two people there arguing about. One person was saying, tell me, one person was in support of what Hamas did, and the other person was saying, you know, in support of Palestine and whatever, and saying, tell me who the first Palestinian president was. And he starts uh, listing the first Jewish president uh, in the modern era and all of that kind of stuff and all these different people, and he can list, and he's listing the head of the Palestinian um, uh, uh, groups that are authority, that are running things for Palestinians, that are the political group that uh, negotiate or are part of negotiations. He could do all that. Uh, not the Pal- not the one who supports the Palestinians, but the one who supports Israel. And the person who was supporting Hamas couldn't, and couldn't do anything. That's because there is no Palestinian president. There wasn't, there was never a Palestinian state. There was a region and that region included Jews. And you used to be a Palestinian Jew or a Palestinian Arab, but there wasn't Jews, Arabs, and Palestinians. There was just Jews and Arabs. And that is only the beginning of beginning to understand how much of what is being said uh, often about the, the history of Israel and the right to exist isn't true. And so you have people who are marching because they've been taught a whole lot of stuff that just simple Googling will tell you it isn't true so often. Let me continue with uh, this professor. I am a dad. I have two beautiful children. And I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you as a dad. And I want you to know, we cannot protect your children from pro-terror student organizations because the president of Columbia University will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations because the president of Harvard University, because the president of Stanford, because the president of Berkeley, they will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations. I have an amazing seven-year-old son. Every night before I tuck him to sleep, we read a chapter of Harry Potter. And yet, to the students, to the pro-terror student organizations at Columbia, My seven-year-old son is a legitimate target of resistance just because he's Israeli. I have a two-year-old daughter, a feisty two-year-old daughter. She has two songs that are her favorite, Baby Shark and Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. And yet, to the pro-terror student organization on campus here and at Harvard and at NYU, and at Stanford, and at Berkeley, and at Northwestern. My two-year-old daughter is a legitimate target of resistance. That is what they are selling. You are allowed to murder and kidnap my two-year-old daughter in the name of resistance. And none of the presidents of universities all around the country are willing to take a stand. This is what cowards do. It's not really true that uh, all presidents haven't. Uh, Ben Stass of the University of Florida made a great statement, calling it terrorism and evil, and many others have been able to do that. But of the elite institutions, they're not. 
and it says something very significant. I want you to listen to this. This is in New York City at a protest this weekend that included students from Columbia and NYU and other schools. This is the chant of the, the crowd. Biggest threat in the world today? Israel and USA. Did you catch that? Biggest threat in the world today is Israel and the USA. So how do you feel if that is you on your campus and uh, you don't agree with that and you think that uh, we should not be celebrating any terrorist actions by anybody? I think it's a big deal. What do you think about this? I mean, we, we've we been talking about it a lot, and we're going to have you know some other subjects as they, they come up. There are lots of news out there, but this is pretty significant. I think that's why you're going to see the president talk about it tonight uh, right after our show. And um, it's a big deal. What do you think? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. i got to take a break. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us at Pastor Scott Show and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can watch us right now. Right now on KKLA.com. We'll be back as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. And uh, we're talking about Israel stuff again and really talking about what's happening in our schools and how difficult it has been for our leading universities to condemn the terrorist attack and how some have uh, more or less supported it, either with silence or with uh, moral relativism or other things. And this is a professor at Columbia. His name is Shai Davidai. And uh, he put out a long video. It's about 10 minutes. It's an open letter to every parent basically saying, don't send your kids to these schools. They're not safe. And he's talking about what it means when thousands of students are marching on the campus and chanting terrorist slogans. And he says, if this happens in New York City, the site of the largest terrorist attack in American history, what does that say? Because if President Biden can come up and say, no, this is unacceptable. This is inhumane. And if Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is able to say, this is not okay, then where are you, President Shafiq of Columbia University? We are waiting for you. So he is asking the president of Columbia to to come out and talk about this. Yeah, what, do you, what questions do you have about this kind of things or comments? You can give me a call, 888-528-2557. And this professor, you know, he's talking about your kids, and he talks about his, we played some clips in the last segment, his own kids who are young. And, you know, I, my kids are 14 and 11. How are you explaining this to your kids? And, you know, do you have things, you know, pushback coming from your kids. You might listen to this. This is a, uh, it's either, I've seen it in two different ways. It's either a middle school or a high school in San Francisco today. (laughs) 
And so what you have is a parade of students chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You know, if you don't understand what that means, I guess that sounds, you know, fine. Uh, It's not fine. It's a terrorist slogan that means destroy Israel and kill the Jews. That's what it means. Think about that. If you are Jewish, obviously, or maybe uh, any other faith that's an infidel, which is every other faith other than Islam, how do you feel about that? And this is coming in a world today where you have microaggressions, right? That's happening in a school today, and these are happening on, on college campuses, where if you look at somebody funny, you might get suspended. Where if you use a term that wasn't racist yesterday, but it's racist today for some reason, then you are in you are in serious trouble. You might even get expelled. And yet these kids are allowed to, even encouraged to have a parade where they chant terrorist slogans. See, that is the issue here. It is not about human rights or other things. It's about destroying a certain group of people and the one state, one place they have. 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Ted, City of the Angels, how are you, Pastor Scott? I'm good, Ted. Well, I mean, basically you can have it all the way back to the schoolyard bully. Um, Basically, they're cowards. They basically, we had Nazi sympathizers. Uh, we had people that spit in our GIs' faces when they were coming off the planes from the Vietnam War. Um, they just feel the pressure that they might be next. So what they will do is they will go with the people who are given the most aggression because they don't want their heads chopped off. Wait a minute. So who, who, wait a minute. Who thinks that they might be next? You think that's the reason they're joining the terrorists, because they're afraid they might be next? Exactly. They just they, they just want to go with the people so that they won't be next. That's the way they are operating because they're cowards. They're the yeah. kind of people that will burn. They'll burn a draft card. They'll do anything against anybody. But isn't, uh, isn't that just cowards. more being anti-American or anti-Jew or anti-Israel? But I'm not sure that they think they're next. I think that's part of the fallacy is that they are next, actually. But I don't think they believe that or understand that. Yeah, it's really hard to say, Pastor, but uh, these kind of people I've seen through life, and as soon as you see any kind of uh, big uh, uproar or riots or whatever, they'll always go with the people that are causing the terrorist acts, and these are cowards. They never go with what is right. Well, they're definitely cowards. Thank you for your call, Ted. I I agree with you that they're cowards. I don't think that they... I think that they're actually on this side. I think it's part of what has been the indoctrinational uh, plan in our education system for a long time. That's why you get this chant from students from all over New York that happened this weekend in New York. Biggest threat in the world today is Israel and USA. See, we're the bad guys and Israel's the bad guy. And the crazy thing is, you know, people have made a lot of hay, rightfully so, about LGBTQ plus for Palestine or for Hamas or wherever. They'd kill you over there. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, in fact, most groups, even whatever level of discrimination you have here, it is still better than living in the these nations where they actually do put in Sharia law, which is in Gaza. It's what Hamas did. You know, Hamas, when they were given power, they they won an election, not because, according to polls, that people, Palestinians really liked them, but Palestinians at the time were angry with the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization. That was uh, Yasser Arafat's. Remember that guy? Uh, Yasser Arafat was negotiating for peace and a two-state solution. They even gave that guy a Nobel Peace Prize. 
And while he was polishing his Nobel Peace Prize and showing it to everybody and meeting with Bill Clinton and other people for peace in uh, in uh, the Middle East, at the same time, he was arming terrorists and getting ready for uh, a battle against Israel. And when time came for him to put his pen to paper and really have peace, he said no. And he 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 went against all the people of Palestine. And in fact, it turned out he was enriching himself. He was one of the richest people in the world, flying around in private jets and the whole thing. He was taking all of this money. He betrayed his people. And so what happened in Gaza is those Palestinians said, enough of the PLO. They don't represent us. We'll go with Hamas. Well, unfortunately, Hamas was an outright terrorist, an open terrorist organization who betrays their own people all the time. Hamas isn't having any other elections. And uh, Hamas immediately went in and murdered the Palestinian Liberation Organization people who work there. They, uh, they murdered other people who were politically against them. They... They attacked people who voted against them. They hung people in public. It was brutal what they did to their own people. This is all in the history books. You can go go read all of this. And then they instilled Sharia law. They changed the education system to teach hate of Jews, and that's all that it's about. You can read all of that in the charter. That's what they are about. And for 15 years, they've been firing missiles and uh, creating a problem really for their own people and not governing and not building a community or a a region that would potentially other otherwise become a state but they don't believe in a two state solution they're flat out against it they are against their charter itself says they are against peace with Israel because what they are about is killing is, uh, Jews and destroying Israel that's what their stated goal is and to not be able to speak out against that is crazy 888-528-255. It's more than crazy. It's just, it's just wicked. And we have to do some searching, right? It's, uh, it is a serious time where we are seeing who's who, I think, right now in our country. And, and to their credit, in that last clip, you know, this professor who is later in the clip, he talks about how he's an atheist and how, you know, he's coming, he lists a whole bunch of Democrats, including uh, President Biden and Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, and lots of other people and said, hey, they're condemning this. They have no problem doing this. Why can't these university professors do it? It's a completely different agenda that is happening there. 888-528-2557. Penny in Canoga Park, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I have a question. Why can't all public funding from the government be taken away from these quote-unquote elite universities immediately? Let them have no money and let them fall on their own. These people are human miscreants that are out there uh, complaining about Israel and the United States. Well, there are some people who are trying to do that, and uh, there's two different different things happening. And we'll talk about this... um, a little bit more, except I'll play a clip here in a minute, Penny, where they tried to do that in the Senate, but the rules of the Senate allowed one person to block it. And uh, I'll, I'll play that for you in a second. There are many donors who are pulling their money uh, from these universities, foundations and stuff, and it's a lot of them who are saying, I am no longer writing checks um, to you people. And, you know, these are people who have funded them throughout all of this. One of them, for example, is uh, the Huntsman Foundation. John Huntsman was um, the governor of Utah, and he was the ambassador to China under the Obama administration. And he wrote the president of, uh, of Penn, and he wrote a little bit of a letter where he talks about his 
um, involvement with Penn over the years and how the Huntsman Foundation has given hundreds of millions, uh, tens of millions of dollars, I think it says. And uh, here's what he says in the letter. And his letter is nice. Some of the letters are just are pretty fiery of these uh, billionaires, basically, who are actually pulling their money. He said, to the outsider, it appears that Penn has become deeply adrift in ways that make it almost unrecognizable. Moral relativism has fueled the university's race to the bottom and sadly now has reached a point where remaining impartiality is where remaining impartial is no longer an option. This is the same school, by the way, where Leah Thomas um, and Riley Gaines, are the swimmers, and where Riley Gaines is told you have to allow for the, the guy who's uh, winning the women's events. This is the same school that that said this guy has to be allowed to use the locker room. This guy is the one who's going to hold the trophy for women's sports and have backed him, right? So uh, this is a long time coming, and some of the letters have involved a lot of that and other things. And then he writes this, The university's silence in the face of representable, reprehensible and historic Hamas evil uh, against the people of Israel, when the only response should be outright condemnation, is a new low. Silence is anti-Semitism, and anti-Semitism is hate, the very thing higher ed was built to obviate. He says, consequently, the Huntsman Foundation will close its checkbook on all future giving to Penn, something that has been a source of enormous pride now for three generations of graduates. My siblings join me in this rebuke, all of this. And he's just one of many who have pulled money from Penn, from Harvard, from Columbia, from NYU. It's There is a group of people who have said, finally, enough. We'll just see how far that goes and uh, you know where that's going to go. When we come back, I'll uh, play a clip from you for you for the Senate. Thanks for calling, Penny, from the Senate, where an attempt to uh, do this or an attempt just to ask to basically say you need to condemn the raping of innocent people. You need to condemn the the terrorist violence uh, or else lose your funding. And uh, it got blocked, and I'll play you the clip of how that conversation went. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call us at 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. And uh, you can watch us right now on kkla.com or follow us on the social medias, um, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pastor Scott Show. Follow us now at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. What of the rhetoric that is cited specifically in the resolution, you talked about legitimate concerns. What, what specifically do you think is legitimate? I, I, I'm not suggesting to my colleague that any particular statement that he took out from these protests was a legitimate statement. No, but no, no. But what you are doing here, what you are doing here is smearing all of the students who engage in these protests. Yes, you are. And, 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 and that is wrong. And I would just invite you, again, to join with me if we're going to get in this practice, and I don't suggest it, this is one of the reasons I'm here, of when there are terrible, hateful remarks made against any group, whether they be blacks or other minority groups, the United States Senate, Senator, maybe we'll weigh in. But, but in you this said we're issue, smearing student groups. What's the smear? Point me to the language. There, there, are, there are student groups that may have legitimate concerns, for example, about, just a minute, legitimate concerns about the loss of innocent 
They're civilian life in Gaza. Resolution. No, 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 no. But what you are doing is saying you're questioning based on certain anti remarks made by some students. Senator, you're we questioning them all. We are condemning. I object. So what that is, is that is Senator Josh Hawley and Senator Chris Van Hollen. And Senator Hawley is uh, working on a resolution to condemn anti-Semitic pro-Hamas, not pro-Palestinian, but pro-Hamas actions on college campuses. And what he did was he put up a bunch of statements that were in support of violence, that were specifically in support of uh, the terrorism, terrorist violence, including this statement that's from uh, University of North Carolina Students for Justice in Palestine. The quote is, it is our moral obligation to be in solidarity with the dispossessed, no matter the pathway to liberation they choose to take. This includes violence. So what he is saying is that we should not be supporting groups that are supporting terrorism. We should not support that it's wrong to support groups that uh, choose terrorism, rape and murder and kidnapping and all of the atrocities that we just saw. And uh, Holly continued uh, as um, <clears throat> Senator um, Van Hollen objected. And that one objection is enough to stop the entire resolution, apparently, in Senate rules. So this is what uh, Josh Hawley had to say. Uh, it, it's hard to believe it. we've just heard on this floor. Defense of the most vile anti-Semitic rhetoric under the excuse that to call out specifically the specific statements and denounce them one at a time and say this is wrong, that that is somehow a smear. What that is is a failure of moral nerve. What it is is a failure of moral clarity. What it is is frankly sympathizing with this rhetoric. I don't know why it's so hard, but I guess we've now found out why college presidents won't come out and say, this is wrong. We cite the specific words. Why is it wrong to say that it includes violence? Why is it wrong to condemn this? When students say the heroic resistance in Gaza should be praised, they're not referring to something in general. They're talking about the attack on Israel, the slaughter of innocent Israelis, and that's Perfectly fine. Those are legitimate concerns. Uh, I mean, this is the moral equivalency, Mr. President, that has seeped into our college campuses and I guess to the floor of the United States Senate is unbelievable. But let there be no mistake. What's happened today is one senator has blocked this body from condemning the attacks against Jewish people in Israel, Jewish Americans in this nation, and pretended that there's some moral equivalency here between this and what? The threat of the state of Israel is under existential threat. We have students in this country who are specifically calling for and celebrating the killing of Jews, and we can't condemn that on the floor of the Senate? To say I'm disappointed is an understatement, Mr. President, but I will say this. It is a revealing moment. I yield for it. Yeah, I agree with that comment that it's a revealing moment. This is a revealing time. I think, you know, there are, there are acts of violence and wars and uh, just terrible atrocities happening all the time. This is obviously 
taken over all of our time as a country. Uh, the world is looking here, and it's something that for the Christian you should keep in your mind, and really for everybody, that this is because it involves Israel, and there is something to that. It's something that is the plan of God, as we talked about yesterday. We had uh, Pastor Philip DeCourcy on yesterday in the second hour. You can get that on the podcast. You know, we talked about that for an hour, just how the Israel connection here is a big deal. That doesn't mean that you support everything Israel does. You know, Israel is, has done wrong. The Bible doesn't support everything Israel does, right? But God's plan that ultimately culminates in Israel and Jerusalem especially is on the top of mind for everybody, I think, whether you want to acknowledge that or not. And the hate that we see for Jews that is for some reason um, different, like it's been for centuries, um, than other groups. There's plenty of hate out there in different groups. But you wouldn't see you wouldn't see the Ku Klux Klan supported by any of these college universities. Rightly so. They should not be marching out there. Remember whenever that thing happened in Charlotte and uh, there were those uh, neo-Nazis, the right-wing neo-Nazis marching, um, and they had the torches and they were chanting uh, Nazi slogans? Uh, that was That was scary. That was a bad thing. And it was universally condemned by all these same people, rightly so. And they didn't have permission to do that from the universities. They certainly didn't have security or other stuff. It wasn't seen as some kind of uh, free speech. It was just left versus right. I mean, it, it, it was – there is something that is just very clear here that we need to pay attention to, and I think it is spiritual in nature um, because of uh, the significance of Israel in, in God's plan throughout, throughout all of human history. The number is 888-528-2557. Let me see if I can get to a couple of calls here. Cassandra in Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Very happy uh, that you took my call. I listen to you every single day. Every time I hear you, I get so fired up. I get so mad. I'm, I'm hurt by so many things because I think, what can one individual do against this wave of um, coldness, uh, hatred? You know, is it that now that this is how it was all along, except that we didn't know it, but now senators, assembly people, council people, you know, the house people, now their true colors come out? Is this is this it? Is this how it really was all along, but they were just hiding it, and now they're kind of woke? Well, and I, I think yeah. about so. Go ahead. I kind of think about like, is is this how it always was, except they chose not to show their true colors. You know, I I tend to think that is what we're seeing here. That has been my opinion, is that what we are seeing here is, we like to say, uh, we know who's who. And, you know, I find it really interesting, particularly because, and we we had a, for everybody listening, we did a whole segment on uh, last week on uh, right-wing anti-Semitism, which is growing, and it's significant in a different way. And there's some characters involved in that. I don't even want to say their name. They don't deserve your time. They are full of hate and evil, and nobody should support them, and nobody should support those causes. I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing a bunch of people who would deny that they're anti-Semitic, but they're clearly anti-Semitic. And we're seeing a division on the left where some people you know, on the, who are liberal, and there's a difference between being liberal and leftist. There really is. We're seeing that divide right here. That people who claim they're for social justice and for equality and that they're against oppression, 
that it's qualified, and it's qualified by unless you're a Jew, or we've always seen, you know, we say a lot as Christians, or unless you're a Christian, you know, you have free speech, unless you're a Christian or unless you're a Jew, then you don't, right? And what we're seeing is who's who. I, I agree with that, and I, I think it's really interesting, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, to really hear what people think about this. I don't think you can walk a line here of uh, indifference or shrug your shoulders. I think you you have to make a, a determination of what you think. Right. Can I ask you one more thing, please? Yeah. I've thought about this a lot. I know that um, the Jewish people were God's chosen people. He chose the smallest, the, the tiniest group of people. Do you think it is like a uh, unsaid they're jealous that they're not the chosen people. They're jealous because God did not select them. Because, you know, it says about Esau and Jacob, and he loved one and hated the other. You know, is this something that that's just part of their lineage? Well, ultimately, like, they know they're not chosen. You know, ultimately, the argument goes all the way back to that. That's where, you know, to, to deny that there is a religious element or spiritual element to all of this is to not understand the world really is, right? So... Uh, a lot of the argument goes back to the, um, I don't even want to say Palestinians because that's not fair. It's the Islamic, fundamentalist Islamic point of view is that they got robbed from the promised land, that it was it was Abraham's son Ishmael on the altar, not, not Jacob, right. and that that has been distorted in history and that the Jews stole that essentially and, uh, you know, tacitly the Christians too. And um, that is at the root of a lot of this. Now, Islam didn't even exist you know, for 1,500 years, 2,000 years maybe after that. But the statement is is that, oh, that was Rob, and that's kind of the belief. Um, and it gets very um, very convoluted about that um, in there. That's really what this is. Um, and to not understand that, you know, when we offer the two-state solution that's been going on for a while that keeps getting rejected, it keeps getting rejected because the... Uh, Islamists believe that the land is theirs and should never. there should be no Israel and no Jews. And that's what Hamas says. I'm out of time. Thank you, Cassandra, for your call. And uh, Yasina, you can hold on and other people. We're going to talk about this in another angle when we come back. And if it doesn't fit, you can uh, call back tomorrow for Open Line Friday. This is the Pastor Scott Show. What I want to talk about when we come back is forgiveness for people who openly say terrible things about this or other things um, and then apologize. How do we deal with that in a world of cancel culture? And I'll give you some examples of that. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.